This is Sunday Focus, a weekly public affairs program that looks at the topics affecting our society and the people who are making a change in the community each and every day. The people who have vision for the next generation. Sunday Focus presents new challenges for us, keeping you informed with topics of local and regional interest. Now the host of Sunday Focus, Christine Manica. Good morning. Coming up on the program today, I will sit down with Sioux Falls Mayor candidate David Sakaitis. Now, Sioux Falls City elections are Tuesday, April 12th. The big part of this election is to see who will hold the mayoral position in our city. We do our best here at Results Town Square Media to keep the public informed on each candidate that's running. David Sakaitis is one of those candidates running for Sioux Falls Mayor. The other two candidates are Sioux Falls Mayor Paul Denhaken and New Newcomer Tunisia Islam. For the record, we did ask all of the candidates for an interview. So far, two of those candidates have responded and do plan to come on the program, like David Sakaitis. David Sakaitis has no political background. However, he decided that he wanted to make a change for the good of other people, and that's what really drives his political campaign. In fact, the reason why he ran for the Sioux Falls mayor position is after people in the community came up to him and said, hey, You have a good way of words. Maybe you should run for mayor. And since then, he has been on the campaign trail ever since. Now, David, he wants to spread the word and he wants to hear from you. You can easily get a hold of him at davidsakaitisformayor at gmail.com. That's davidsakaitisformayor at gmail.com. You can also reach his cell phone number at 605-251-0691. Again, David Sakaitis, he is one of the three candidates running for the mayor of Sioux Falls. And once again, those elections do take place on Tuesday, April 12th. That's all coming up on Sunday Focus. There's always a defining moment when you realize you have no control over what your teen says, over what your teen does, over who your teen hurts. When you reach that defining moment and you're thinking there's nothing more you can do, do what other parents have done. Call Hope Harbor or go to HopeHarborMN.org. Hope Harbor helps struggling girls and boys ages 12 to 17. When you think there's nothing more you can do, there is hope. Hope Harbor. Welcome back to another edition of Sunday Focus. Now, generally, we like to give you topics about what's happening around the Sioux Empire, any new businesses coming into town, organizations, stuff like that. But now it is an election year here in the city of Sioux Falls. And Sioux Falls City elections, they are Tuesday, April 12th. Just as a reminder, the big part of this election is to see who will hold the mayoral position in our city. We do do our best here at Results Town Square Media to keep the public informed on each candidate running. And right now, we do have one of the three candidates joining me in the studio. It's David Zakaitis. Hi, David. Well, hi, Christine. Glad to be here. Glad to have you here, too. Thanks for joining us on the program today. There's a lot of information to go over in just this short segment. But let's start off with some easy questions. Tell us about you. I grew up near Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, north suburbs. I love the hills and the trees. Really beautiful out there especially in the fall when the leaves change color. I went to college in Rochester, New York for a nice, difficult technical engineering kind of program with remote sensing and image analysis. And then I went to work at Eros Data Center out here in Sioux Falls. Oh, wow. Yeah. Steelers fan? 
Not so much. I'd, I'd rather get out there and move than sit down and watch TV. <laughs> Good deal. Okay. What got you interested into politics then after studying to, be, to become an engineer? I kind of had this background interest in, in politics because it's everywhere. And, mm-hmm. you know, you hear about it all the time. And also had an interest in uh, healing relationships and, and personal healing and, and recovery. And, and that's just been there in the background. And then about four years ago, I had a... Um, bad encounter with local police and started going to city council meetings and trying to raise visibility and people just kept on asking me, so when am I going to run? And after hearing that about five times, I decided, okay, if you think I need to run for office, let's give it a go. And that's where it started. So just for everyone's knowledge, it was no government background for you. Like you weren't involved with um, like the city council beforehand. You were just inspired after people coming up to you saying, hey, you should run for mayor. That's pretty much how it happened. Yeah. Yes. Did you ever think that would happen for you? No way. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you say it like that? Well, because it wasn't interested. Completely not interested in government and politics. I don't like the way it's run, and I don't like all the um, deceit and dishonesty. And why in the heck would I want to go and jump into that kind of a mess? Mm -hmm. No, no appeal for me whatsoever. So besides people telling you to run, did anyone inspire you or a group of people inspire you? I don't like what's going on in the world, and the way to change that is where the problem lies mostly, and that's in politics. If you want to make an impact, that's the place to do it. You can make a small impact with, you know, interpersonal relationships and and being nice to the guy across the street when you shovel out his driveway. But to make a really dramatic impact on really big problems, place to do it is in government. And I don't like what's going on, and I aim to change it. Absolutely. Now, let's, let's make you think here a little bit. When you think of the word mayor, what are the first words that come to mind? You're not going to like this, but the first words that came to mind when I thought about this question were bribery, corruption, and opportunity. Our political system requires people to sell out to get enough money to to campaign for office. That is the crux of our political problem. And as soon as you sell out, well, then you're not going to be working for the people anymore. You're working for your rich campaign contributors, and they want a return on their investment. And then we get corruption. We've also got problems in Sioux Falls with bribery. I've got a letter here I'm going to mail to the attorney general asking for an investigation. But if you can push all of that aside for a little while, there is tremendous opportunity if you manage to land a job as a mayor. Because you have, like, in Sioux Falls, we've got, like, $650 million every year for a budget. Phenomenal amount of money. And like 1,500 full and part-time employees who are there waiting for instructions as to what to do. That's just a phenomenal resources. And I have plans for all of these people. I can't wait to get them to go on. What? I and mean, we'll get into those, too, in a little bit. What qualities or char- characteristics do you think make a great leader or a mayor? That's kind of a two-part question because a leader of a small group in a big organization just has to follow directions and delegate those directions. That's kind of a low-level leader. But when you get to the top of the pile for a position like a mayor or a CEO, what's critical is that you need to have a good vision of where the organization needs to go. Vision is key. And then maybe if you're lucky, you'll have time for some general plans. But other than that, the important skill is to be able to delegate all of these plans to all those people that you have working for you. 
And I've got a vision. It's in the booklet I gave you earlier. It's all about... Oh, gee, I wish I had a few minutes to read it. Go for it. Go uh, for it. Yeah. Here's the pledge I wrote a couple of years ago. I pledge allegiance to the truth, for truth enables liberty, justice, and compassion for all. I pledge loyalty to the people our governments must serve. I pledge to protect the earth, our temporal home, and all the wonderful life that surrounds us. I pledge allegiance to the United States of America our Constitution, and the rights it protects. I pledge to promote science, art, and industry, for they enrich our lives and our city. Come join me in the work of this council as we dedicate our efforts to the people of Sioux Falls and manage city affairs for the betterment of all. That's my pledge, and I'm sticking to it, and I got all these, well, I will have all these people to help me with that. Absolutely. Now, in your opinion, you've been on the campaign trail now for a little bit. What type of a person does a community like Sioux Falls want in a mayor? You, there's a lot of different skills that you might want in a mayor. You need to be able to talk to people first and foremost. If you're the, the smartest guy in the world, but you can't go and talk to people, you're not going to work very well as a mayor. You need to be approachable and honest and caring and practical is a valuable skill also. If you have grand goals, but no way to make them happen, you're not going to succeed as a mayor. Well, it's all about a, a wide variety of skills, personality traits. It's actually a complicated job in that you really need such breadth and depth of skills. You can't have too much of one because then you have not enough of another. If you're a great writer but a lousy speaker, sorry, you're not cut out for the job. Got to be good enough. You've got to be very good at both, but maybe not spectacular at either. If you are just joining us, I'm being joined by David Zakaitis in the studio. He is one of the three candidates that are running for mayor of Sioux Falls. Now, David, from my understanding, this is not the first time that you are running for mayor of Sioux Falls. In fact, you and I were talking about it before we started recording how your first run at this political journey just ended as I was moving here into the Sioux Empire. So tell us a little bit about your political campaign journey, whether it's from four years ago or where you're at right now? Well, I kind of started four years ago in a failed effort. It was my first try. No clue what I was doing. And I had a job at the time, which makes it pretty much impossible to put an effective run from here. But I started four years ago and really just haven't stopped because there's a, it's such a hard job and there's so many things to figure out what to do and how to do them. And I've just been studying practical American government ever since. Uh, I look at, a, at one particular issue, say uh, food deserts, and look at some of the literature on the topic and analyze the problem and make recommendations and put all, that all together and do a nice PowerPoint and give it at city council. And I've done this about 140 times so far. So it gives me a lot of um, information to work on and a lot of plans that are clearly stated. And I just kind of haven't stopped from four years ago. And but what I'm trying to do now is to get the word out. I mean, plans are one thing, but publicity is another. So I've got this great campaign flyer booklet that, that I wrote, and i got to get it out and talk to people and try to get myself elected and make the world a better place. Now, why did you decide to run for mayor again? Because clearly, after the last election and its results, it didn't deter you from pursuing this opportunity. 
It's an opportunity, and more than that, it's a passion. I think about these kind of issues nonstop, and it kind of drives me nuts. And maybe that's what passion does to people. It drives them nuts until they make some progress on it. So to work for the people of Sioux Falls and to do what I need to do, I just have to take care of all this stuff. And I started four years ago, and I've got a long way to go before this is all done. Got to get elected and got to make some changes. Got to make the world better for more people. I, I want to throw this out here really quick, because at the beginning, you said no political aspirations whatsoever. None. So it didn't work out the first time around, and mm-hmm. yet you still want to do it. I do. I do. I more than want its need. The problems in the world are not going to get any better if we just complain about them. That, that's just not good enough. There's issues out there. There's abuse and corruption and bribery and dishonesty and people that are hurting and, in, and having miserable time of life. And we just don't need to let that happen anymore. We can go and make the world a better place. So after the last city's election, besides attending the city council meetings pretty regularly, how else did you stay informed with the latest happenings throughout the city? Um, city council meetings are really informative. You, there's a lot of stuff that goes on in the background that's not that, that takes a while to really understand. Uh, but there's also uh, the Argus Leader and local news media that's worth reading and, and keeping informed that way and going around and talking to people. Absolutely. Any organizations or meetings that you've been a part of since the last election? Um, in a matter of speaking, I just had a meeting before coming over here with Face It Together. They're right next door. and I They stopped, are, yeah. Stopped in, said hi, and said we need to go and talk some more about this. I like their approach to addiction. Uh, and uh, a couple of weeks ago, I had a meeting with Chief Police Chief John Toom and Sheriff Mike Milstead. We all talked. We talked about addiction and healing, and again, how, how to how to make things better. Now, like most candidates, there are certain policies that they intend to focus on if and when they do take office. What are your policies that you intend to focus on if you are vo- voted as the mayor of Sioux Falls? Well, I've got a whole lot of them, and it seems like I have. I know you do. <laughs> I, I have grand aspirations because I do, and and I intend to make it all happen because I've got such great resources available. All right, so let's pick one minor problem. Um, A friend of mine was arrested recently and suffered injury due to the handcuffs that police use. Modern police handcuffs are dangerous, risky devices because they're hard metal objects with a very narrow contact zone, and, and they cause injuries if you're not careful. Well, we don't have to tolerate this problem anymore. We can fix it. We can redesign handcuffs to include padding and a pressure sensor, and that will help to prevent neuropathy and long-term nerve damage. All right, so, so there's one cute, well, well, I don't know if it's a cute little problem. It's not a cute little problem if it's your wrist that's all banged up, but it's on the city scale a relatively small problem and one we're going to take care of. Well, what's another issue? Food deserts. All right, if you have an, a poor area with crime in it, grocery stores move out, and that's really hard for the residents that remain. Simple problem, simple solution is to subsidize grocery stores where food deserts exist. I mean, it's not hard to figure this out. You just have to be open to the figuring, and that's the solution I've come up with is, well, if we have to subsidize some grocery stores here and there, that's okay. We'll do it. 
Um, if you drive around town, you see people, a lot of Native Americans, begging for money on street corners, probably to get their next buzz. Well, we don't need to accept this problem either. We can address it and solve it. We need to meet addicts where they are in life, help them solve their needs, maybe get them a place to stay, and help them on the road to recovery. If you see addicts on the street corners begging for money, it shows that the current approach to addiction isn't working very well. And, well, I mean, we've got resources. Let's just take care of these problems one after another. If you drive down the road and your car goes bumpity bump all the time, well, there's another problem. Needs another solution. I've looked at this, and I think the city is being a little slow with their preemptive patching. All right, so let's do a better job on it. Let's make the, make the patch better and make it more permanent and make it smoother. If we need a little bit of help doing that, it would be nice to work with the people in the penitentiary to get their people out of the jail and work, in, and work help in the city. I, I sent a letter to the pr prison warden, penitentiary warden a couple weeks ago. I haven't heard a response yet. I'd like to talk with him about that plan to help their people on the path toward recovery and give them something to do and while simultaneously making the city streets better. All right, now, now that's just three topics. Yeah, right. Well, like I said before, I've, I've got 140 PowerPoints, and we could talk about all of them, but I think we'll run out of time long before that. Probably, yes. So, David, besides the policies that you intend to enforce if and when you do take office, do you see an area in maybe the current city ordinances or policies that you would like to change? Why or why not? Well, that's almost the same question. I just gave you three examples, and, and yes, there are many policies I would like to change. Um, another, another thing we can work on is improving civic participation in elections. Um, one thing we could do is combine the city election with the national election so that they all run at the same time. And hardly anybody votes in April elections. And I think we'd get a lot more participation if we move the elections more toward uh, November with the rest of them. And um, one of the problems with the April election is it requires candidates to do their canvassing in cold winter weather. <laughs> <laughs> Great way to discourage political candidates. It would be better to do your canvassing in more moderate weather. And we can change this. And it's not something the mayor can do all by himself. He's got to um, draft an ordinance and get city council to approve it. But, yeah, there's a lot of policies I want to change. And I've described a whole lot of them. Anything that you see lacking in our city's policies? Yeah, I see uh, compassion and integrity lacking, for sure. I've gone to many city council meetings and recommended many changes, and they just nobody seems to be listening. And some of them don't even cost very much. It's more a change of attitude than anything. And like, what the heck? Aren't these people up there listening to us? They're not. Uh, some of you go up there for public input and counselors reach for their cell phones and look at the wall. And the heck, they're supposed to be there working for the people, but that's not frequently the case. They must be working for somebody else.
You are listening to David Zakaitis. He is one of the three mayoral candidates running here in the city of Sioux Falls. Now, David, I, I hate to bring up this next topic because I think we're all just kind of sick of it at this point. But, you know, after the last couple of years, what we've all been experiencing, it, it's kind of hard not to bring up this type of subject, especially when it is a political year a global pandemic. The biggest story of the last two years, debatably, has been the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, Leaders and politicians were faced with difficult tasks of navigating communities through this pandemic. There was no playbook how to do this. Nobody knew really what they were doing, but somehow we all managed. Now, let's say if you become mayor, and hopefully this won't happen again, another pandemic makes its way to South Dakota. What would be your plan of action? When I get a new problem, as a typical scientist, the first thing to do is a literature search. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. or Somebody's already got a good wheel out there. So when COVID came out, I wanted to do a research into masks and social distances. And I asked the city's health director, to do one also and to present her findings. It never happened. But that's the first thing. Figure out what the heck is going on, what's the science behind it, what can you do with the current science, and you use that for guidance. And that's not something that the federal government has done with COVID. And it seemed like they wanted to make a horrible mess out of it right from the get-go. When you have a pandemic, or a new disease come out, you can do mass testing and quarantines, and you can have a sensible science-based policy on masking that you can actually utilize, and and you can have a good plan and stick with it. And that's not what happened here with COVID. CDC never did make up their mind as to how good a face mask you need and who needs it, and changed their minds on that regularly. The Chinese had a test available that the federal government decided to not use. Instead, they made their own. And they never did mass testing in court. What the heck? And as partially as a result of all of this madness, there is a great amount of economic hardship at the local level, businesses closing, but also a massive increase in wealth of the billionaires who own places like Amazon.com. So there's some nefarious stuff going on in the background that maybe people don't think about enough with regard to COVID. And if the mayor of Sioux Falls kind of believes the federal government, well, you can't really blame the average mayor for that because the federal government's supposed to know what they're doing. And it's not the average mayor who's more skeptical about the um, ambitions and desires of the federal government. But I've looked at enough problems to see that it's not always what it looks like on the surface. But anyway, you get a new problem, you treat it like an engineer or a scientist or a doctor, do a literature search, make a good plan, implement the plan, life goes on. Absolutely. Well, we, we hope anyway. Now, I said in the start of this question, there was no playbook for this pandemic. And as I think about it now, and as you probably thought about it too, that could have been you in the position of mayor leading the community of Sioux Falls through this pandemic. Is there a little bit of empathy there for the politicians that were faced with this global pandemic? Well, that's why I said before, you can't really blame the mayor for not knowing what to do, because you would hope that the CDC, being full of 
epidemiologists or doctors and wouldn't know what the heck is going on. And if they can't make up their mind, you can't be too hard on Mayor Politan Haken for not knowing what to do either. And it's that social context that led me to not even bother including it in my in my flyer, because I'm not I don't want to be hard on somebody for being normal. Yeah. He's just like a normal mayor doing things the normal way. And we don't need to give him a hard time for that. It's the federal government that deserves more criticism because they're supposedly full of experts and they totally botched the job. It was an interesting time for everybody, that's for sure. Now, if you are just listening again, this is David Sakaitis. He is one of the three candidates that are running for mayor of Sioux Falls. Now, here's another question for you, too. Why is it important to vote during this election? Why is it just important to vote in general? Well, if you don't like what's going on in the world, you need to take some action. And for most of us, your vote is some very practical action that you can take. Hardly anybody is really interested in running for mayor because it's such a hard job. But we can all go out there and vote and approve some good people who want to make their own better. I mean, isn't that what politics should, should be all about is change and improvement and working for as many people as you can? Oh, yeah. So sure, voting is important. And we're not going to get any real changes until we achieve victory at the voting booth. Government regularly ignores mass protests. It happens time and time again. You, um, like, like for all these the Black Lives Matters protests, and we've seen sp- regular spasms of police brutality followed by mass protests, followed by promises of change, followed by inaction. And then we still have problems with civil rights violations. Regular cycle. I've seen it time and time again. So if you want to make a change in the world, find somebody who wants to run for office and give them some help. That's where you're going to make changes for civil rights and respect for other people in the political system. So it's it's a lot of work and it's a nuisance and it's a hassle. But if you want to do it, then that's that's the way to go. Absolutely. David Zakaitis, one of the three candidates for mayor running here in the city of Sioux Falls. Now, David, you have a lot of information. You have a website. You're on social media. I just got your pamphlet. But if anybody wants more information about your campaign, what your intended policies are, where can they go? They could actually give me a call. My number is 605-251-0691. DavidZForMayor.org has a lot of information, particularly the section about uh, city council PowerPoints. And um, my email address is on there. It's DavidZokaitisMayorKitchy at gmail.com. Absolutely. All right. Thank you, David. A pleasure to be here. Yes, absolutely. Anything else you want to say to the audience listening before we wrap up? I'm really glad we're here talking about city government and things that we can do to improve city government. I like to see that happening. It's valuable. It's great. All right. Once again, David Zakaitis, thanks so much for joining us this morning. You're welcome. Good to be here. All right. We'll be back. Were you exposed to hazardous materials while serving in the military and have an illness or condition as a result? If so, you may be eligible for VA benefits and services. Whether you need health care or want to file a disability compensation claim related to military exposures, VA is here to help. 
Visit va.gov forward slash military dash exposures to learn more and apply today. You served your country. Now let VA serve you. To some, the sound of a baby babbling doesn't mean much, but that's not true. They're testing out vowels and consonants and trying different sounds. And by 12 months, their babbling is beginning to take on meaning, especially if there's no babbling at all. Little to no babbling by 12 months or later is just one of the possible signs of autism in children. Learn more at AutismSpeaks.org. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. If you're driving on the interstate, a state highway, a county highway, through town, or on a gravel road, this message is for you. Buckle up. Don't skip the click. Crashes don't discriminate. They happen everywhere. Hi, I'm Trooper Peterson with the South Dakota Highway Patrol, reminding you that wearing your seatbelt is one of the best ways to protect yourself while driving. Buckle up. Don't skip the click. This message brought to you by the South Dakota Highway Patrol and Results Town Square Media. I'm Christine Manica, and you've been listening to Sunday Focus. I'd like to thank Sioux Falls Mayor Candidate David Sakaitis for sitting down and telling us about his campaign for the show today. Once again, the Sioux Falls City elections are Tuesday, April 12th. And the big part of this election is to see who will run the city of Sioux Falls. At Results Town Square Media, we do our best to keep the public informed on each candidate running. So far, out of the three candidates running for mayor, Two of them have responded to doing an interview. David Zakaitis was one of those people. David wanted me to mention, too, that he is willing to listen to what the people want and for them to listen to his policies and what he stands for. Any voter can reach David Zakaitis at davidzakaitismayor at gmail.com. That's davidzakaitismayor at gmail.com. And he spelled his last name Z-O-K-A-I-T-E-S. People can also reach his cell phone at 605-251-0691. Again, 605-251-0691. Join us again next week for another edition of Sunday Focus. Sunday Focus is a public affairs program of Results Radio, Town Square Media, Sioux Falls.